0: Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the
1: blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio.
2: Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
3: Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host on the line, and we are your leadership development coaches. Between Kathy and I, we've helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we want to help you tune in and tune up your leadership performance for 2011. And we always have great guests. And I'll do a little intro about our uh, guest today, Pam Harper. And then Kathy and I will give you a little bit more information. And then we'll bring back uh, Pam you know, at the end of the first segment. So, uh, who is Pam Harper? Pam is an internationally known business. A performance expert and a professional speaker, she's a founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Inc. So BAI, based in Glen Rock, New Jersey, and since 1991, BAI has helped companies by accelerating progress towards their business objectives. And Pam has in-depth knowledge and impact uh, of organizational issues such as innovation, business growth, and profitability based on 20 years of internal and external consulting to entrepreneurial and middle market and Fortune 500 companies in a wide range of industries, all going through extraordinary growth and change. And we're going to talk about um, the book that she has that is critically acclaimed, Preventing Strategic Gridlock, Leading Over, Under, and Around Organizational Jams to achieve high-performance results. So we're going to come back and and talk more uh, with Pam about that. We just want to whet your appetite at this this moment. And you know that Kathy and I always want to bring you the best and current leadership topics, interviews of proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And let me just introduce uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, and as you know, if you're a regular listener, she coaches leading executives and entire companies, and she has a proven method that happiness equals profit, and it looks at your work life strategies. Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, and she has her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She's touched millions. Uh, as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She has a consulting firm called H2C, which stands for Happy Companies, Help uh, Healthy People. And she currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work and at home on ABC's show called The Morning Blend. And I think, Kathy, you're on there once a week. And she also has a web TV show, Your Happiness Now. So you can visit her at, at... www.h2cleadership.com for free downloads and access to your true talents for happiness and job satisfaction. So, Kathy, welcome to the show.
4: Thanks, Raleigh. It's a pleasure to be here with you and Pam today, and I'm very excited to learn more about her new book, Preventing a Strategic Gridlock. Sounds like a great title. And um, before we get started, there's a couple things I want to make sure that our audience understands as a foundation for each and every one of our programs. Uh, And the first thing uh, to, I want to say, expand on as as one of the most important foundations for the show is who you are as my co-host on the show. And for those of you who don't know, Dr. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach. He's also a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and team trainer. Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, his consulting practices, his coaching and development programs. And uh, Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across all industries. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at psychologytoday.com as an expert blogger or on his website at truenorthleadership.com. If you go there, you'll get plenty of free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. So, Raleigh, we have a lot to do today, but I want to make sure that our audience understands that we are very heartfelt about this show and the subject of leadership development. And I'd love for you to take a few minutes to help our our audience understand um, some of the underlying elements of why leadership development is so important, especially in today's challenging business environment.
3: Sure, Kathy. I think this is kind of, in a lot of organizations, they talk about the value proposition, and Pam, I know you know those terms. What's the value proposition, and why are we doing this? Well, 40% of organizations today say they will be experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled or trained leaders available for new job opportunities in the next few years, and uh, because of that, I mean, there's a couple reasons why that is, and there's a couple of these events that are intersecting that, that's creating this historic leadership chaos. It's really kind of a brain drain. And, Kathy, the three things I can, I can tell you why this is happening. One, America has lost over 8 million jobs in the last few years because of the Great Recession. So that's number one. Number two, we have retiring baby boomers who the first ones um, as of January first this year have hit 80, uh, 65, and so they're going to be retiring, and it's going to leave us a shortfall of 10 million workers. And number three, Generation X and Y, you know, folks uh, X, the folks in the 30s and 40s, Ys in the 20s, are entering more leadership roles, but they have less emotional intelligence. And so, as Kathy, you know, from your work in the science of happiness, the performance and job satisfaction are are closely tied to happiness so close that it's uh, tied as close as 93% performance and job satisfaction related to your happiness so we're in for some big surprises in the near future if we don't give organizations across the business sector some quick answers to these growing concerns
4: and you know Riley, that's so important for people to understand and that's why we have great I want to say practitioners authors thought leaders like Pam Harper on our show, because the really good news is that each and every one of our programs, right here on Leadership Development News, is geared towards those solution sets. So every time one of our audience listeners tunes in to this show, we'll be sharing all the best business practices and how every leader who listens at all levels of business can learn something about leadership development that they can use during every one of our shows. So, for example, Relly, you can use this term brain drain, but if you don't have any solution sets to help people understand how to overcome it, what good is it? So let's surprise them and give them a couple of these solutions to the brain drain in some real simple terms.
3: So most organizations are going to have this brain drain, and then uh, there's three uh, simple solutions we're actually four simple solutions, really. One, we already established organizations need more good leaders, but how do you get good leaders, and why are they important? Well, number two, good leaders improve team engagement, and that's the term of you know keeping your your talent, retaining your talent. They're engaged, and then we also know that higher engagement equals higher organizational performance. So, how do you get all that? Well, you, it's the leaders, and we know that leaders uh, need emotional intelligence to move into the top 10%. And a leader has so much influence. Some research shows that a leader has anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. They are the ones that we call are the emotional thermostat. And in, in today as many as 66% of employees say they have too little interaction with their bosses. So if you're a boss listening to this, you know, you're part of that 66%. And you have a lot of influence, and that's why we're giving you these tips. And only 21%, so one out of five of your people know they're on track. So we're hoping that you can grab some tips, tools, strategies from what we're going to be talking about and uh, be able to put that to use. So, Kathy, you want to um, move us on and tell us about the opportunity that we have right here on Leadership Development News?
4: Well, it's more than just opportunities. It's a lot of free tools and tips that you couldn't really find anywhere else. And all of our topics will draw on leadership-friendly tips and tools to raise your performance and your team's effectiveness, and they include topics from emotional intelligence, positive psychology, new areas of brain and neuroscience, the importance of generation and gender differences, and certainly, the most important, I would say, contributing factor to anyone's success nowadays is what we call work life balance. But those are practices that have to come from your unique leadership resource, which is your own energy. And knowing yourself and being aware of your own energy level is so important. We're always going to talk about strategies for managing your boss and those ever present frenemies in your workplace and we'll always spend some time on self-management tools to help you learn some emotional intelligence tips and tools and maximize your ability to leverage the science of happiness in every show. So, Riley, without further ado, maybe you could give us a few high points on why leadership development is important
5: and some of the science
4: behind it, and then we'll be able to connect what Pam is going to talk about in her book, Preventing Strategic Gridlock, related to emotional intelligence and happiness tools and tips in today's show.
3: Great, Kathy. Well, I'll just give you a couple highlights. The, the idea is to try to get you and your people into the top 10%, and the reason this top 10% is a tipping point, people in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th through the ninth percentile. And managing people in ways that build high commitment, which is uh, engagement creates returns anywhere from 30 to 50%. And what we want to talk about is things that you can change. And we know that that happiness is 50% genetic, 10% is situation, 40% things you can change. And that's really the focus of what we're going to have here on on leadership development news. And if you want more information and in ways that Kathy and I can help you, we have created the Excel Institute, Excellence in Coaching for executive leadership, and this is where emotional engagement, which we've been talking about, meets performance, and it's basically a series of in-person uh, training, followed up by ongoing coaching, and then sustained with, with distance learning. So you put all those components together, and in some of the research, you can get an ROI as a six-fold return, or 600%, and we also know that when you do coaching, along with training, there's about an 88% boost in productivity. And so Excel Institute is www.excelinstitute.com, and you can get more information about our trainings and webinars coming up on that. Kathy's website, www.h2cleadership.com. Mine, www.truenorthleadership.com. We're going to be right back. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to pick We're gonna pick Pam's brain uh, and anything that she can lead to this 40% that we do have control over. This is Leadership Development News. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
5: you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066
0: Kathy's company, H2C Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
2: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
4: To tune up your leadership performance, you know, tuning in every week is going to bring you highly regarded professional speakers like Pam. Pam Harper delivers keynotes, seminars, and workshops on topics related to business growth, strategic leadership, and organizational performance. She's also been an adjunct faculty member with the New York University's Management and Marketing Institute. And in addition, she is a frequent guest on business radio programs, just like ours. Pam graduated with honors from Northwestern University, majoring in organizational behavior, and she is on the board of directors of the Association for Corporate Growth, New Jersey, and the Commission on Accreditation for Home Care. She is also a a member of the National Association of Corporate Directors and the Society for Advancement of Consulting. There are so many things that I'd love to tell you about Pam, but I'd rather we get Pam right on the show talking to us about all the things that she knows and loves about human performance, emotional intelligence. And we always like to start off with a question, Pam, about you personally. So if you could indulge us, who are some of your greatest influencers or leaders in your life that have made you who you are today?
6: Well, first of all, I want to say it's a pleasure to be on your show. And in thinking about uh, that question, I'd have to say that first and foremost, it would be my parents. Uh, these are people who absolutely experience so much uh, hardship, and yet, at the other side of it, they always had a philosophy that there was a way to go over, under, and around difficult times and get to where you really wanted to go. And that stuck with me. And uh, as I went into my work life, I was very blessed to have uh, two managers in two, my first two companies that were not only uh, excellent at what they did, but they were coaches You know, I was listening to you talking about this, and they were absolutely coaches for me. They guided me. They mentored me. And I grew to love the world of organizational development and uh, helped me to get through a lot of the challenges of those companies that I was with.
3: So um, that's a great panelist to get it back. I always lets us kind of see, you know, some of your roots. So give us an example of maybe – Kind of the work that you do now when uh, clients call you. What kind of issues um, are there, and you know, just kind of an overview. What do you do for them?
6: Certainly. Well, since 1991, I have been working with companies in helping them to accelerate progress toward their key business objectives. And uh, really, I'm talking about growth objectives. The companies that I have worked with have spanned all kinds of industries, but the common denominator is that they've all been going through extraordinary growth and change, usually because they've been uh involved in globalization or the technology behind what uh their product or service was has changed and it changed everything that they had to go through so whether it was a fortune company or a small company or a mid-sized company all of it all of it happening uh the reason that people tend to uh, work with me has been because uh they've had issues where they were moving very fast and they really were looking for ways to have their organization or aspects of their organization perform at a higher level. So people had to do things differently or better, and they had to do them more quickly. And that's where that accelerating progress came in. Now it's it's interesting.
4: We talk about gridlock and gridlock cycles. Um, in your book, you I guess you outline a lot of these. Uh, components, but can you talk a little bit more about why you chose to use this strategic gridlock cycle and what it is?
6: Well, being in the East Coast, I'm in the New York City area, that's where I'm based. I do a lot of driving on the highway. And uh, I was sitting in traffic one day and I was on the turnpike and I noticed a sign that said Gridlock, New York City. And I was just sitting in this traffic, and I was creeping along and uh, couldn't tell where any of the problems were coming from. And at about that point, I saw a helicopter overhead, and it was hovering. And there was a traffic reporter on there. I tuned in. There was a traffic reporter who was talking about an issue that was all the way in New York City. I mean, and they were pinpointing where it was. And I happened to be working with a client at that point that was going through some very mysterious issues couldn't figure out, no matter what they had done up to that point, where the problem was coming from. And I said, that's it. You know, gridlock. We're talking about gridlock, strategic gridlock, because the strategy that they had been working on, which was, in this particular case, uh, it was aggressive growth, and they were going to go through mergers and acquisitions, and, uh, and we couldn't figure out why there was mysterious morale, a real morale problem. And I said, the source of this problem, this gridlock, is, is coming from somewhere else. We're not, we're not hitting the right point. And that's when I started looking at it and thinking about it and seeing it that way. And uh, the cycle that I'm talking about is one that's somewhat predictable, Uh, to a certain extent when you stand back. And it's a lot of times, and you've probably seen this, where you have a mission and a vision and everything's going along and things should be happening in a certain way. And then what happens is that I've found that leaders tend to make common but mistaken assumptions about their organization and how it behaves in reality. And so instead of getting expected results, they get unexpected results, such as this mysterious morale problem in a company that was doing its best ever. Financially, it was doing quite well, and people weren't leaving, but there was something the matter. And uh, so what had been happening is that they had these unexpected results, and if you can envision a circle, they were introducing all kinds of different types of initiatives. Well, this should solve it. That should solve it. So they were looking at... Uh, training was the issue and, and there were all kinds of things they were throwing at the company and the organization was still not in the place it needed to be. And it went round and round and round. And that is a typical gridlock cycle. It's not unique to that company. And what I discovered is that if we can uncover, if we as leaders can uncover these common but mistaken kinds of assumptions that we make about our organizations as they are in reality, the cycle reverses itself. I mean, in other words, you don't you don't ever get to that point of gridlock. Things happen much uh, more quickly. Uh, you have fewer problems. Obviously, the world is changing very quickly. But that's that's in a nutshell where it came from.
3: So, um, tell us a little bit about you know, especially these assumptions, Kathy. I've seen it. You've seen it. it sounds like for a long time. How do you? What's your process about? Going about that, then we'll get back into some of the stuff you got in the book. I mean, is it do you? Is it an interview process, or how do you uncover some of these things that you're mentioning?
6: Well, one of the first ways, of course, is to uh, speak with people, and it starts with understanding what leaders uh, are trying to accomplish, what the outcomes are, and what they've already been doing, what's been going on, how long it's been going on for, and speaking with various stakeholders in the organization, uh, external stakeholders as well as internal stakeholders sometimes uh, can provide some surprising insights. It's also through observation and through survey and through looking at a variety of ways, but it starts with understanding what's happening, what they're trying to accomplish, and where that gap is. And then, of course, collaborating with leaders to come up with what are we going to do about it. So not just looking at where's the gap, but how right. are we going to address it.
3: So as far as the data gathering, then it's interviews, it's surveys, it's sounds kind sounds of like you do what we may call shadowing where you're actually there and you're, kind of, you're getting a, ch- a good chance to experience a culture and a climate uh, itself. Absolutely,
6: it, it really depends upon the particular mm-hmm. needs of that organization, what they've already done, who's involved, uh, but all of these, all of these best practices that you're talking about are things that need to be done. I'm a big believer that you need to have more than one way to get at this information. A lot of times people will make assumptions based on only one one method of gathering right. information.
3: Yeah. Well, and often, I'm sure you've seen this, Kathy, uh, we get called in. They go, oh, we need team building. And that's what we need. I think we need team building. And you go, well, why team building? I mean, you know, is it team building? Is it conflict resolution? Is it skills? But they kind of, and I think that's what you're saying, the assumption, people come in, and often we need to unpack that to see is that accurate. Maybe sometimes it is, sometimes it's not.
6: Exactly. I mean, I think that's the piece that I'm talking about as well is if somebody says training, what is it that you're looking for people to do differently or better? There. And that isn't always articulated, I think, at at the time.
4: Well, I think one of the things that uh, people get stuck in uh, is they think that because they have been there, wherever there is, uh, that it should be easier for them to be able to get around and get through the system because of their social network or their political network. But in today's fierce, I want to say, very competitive and challenging leadership environment. It's how well you interface with people and how well you influence them, not necessarily how well you do your job.
6: I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, The component of communication uh, is so so vitally important. And if there's anything I've seen, it's usually that a lot of these uh, assumptions come in the form, uh, one way, shape, form, form, or another, of communication assumptions.
3: That always seems to be kind of the, the key issue. Everything comes down to it. And uh, before we go to a, a break, um, you know, what I end up seeing, I'd be interested, Pam, what you see, if I would say, what's the what's the... The two common things that we we see all the time—I'll mention it—and then maybe we'll go to break. That I see all the time, that I'd say is generalized, is uh, communication, like you said, and accountability. And if you had said almost every organization, you could figure you're going to see those too. And so maybe we'll get your your take on that. What else, in addition to that, are you are you seeing? When we come back, this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back.
0: For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com.
2: to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show.
4: Welcome back. And we have been talking to Pam Harper She's the author of Preventing Strategic Gridlock. And Pam, one of the things that um, I'm sure you're aware of is Raleigh and I have started a brand new program called the Excel Institute, which uh, actually stands for Excellence in Coaching for Executive Leadership. Um, What components of your book, Preventing Strategic Gridlock, Would be most important for a leader to really dig into to understand why emotional intelligence is so important for their success long term?
6: I would say that the most important aspects uh, of what I'm talking about really mesh very much with what you're talking about, which is that uh, we can't, we must really be looking at both the strategy, which I see leaders looking at, but in order for a strategy to succeed, in order for the results to... Uh the anticipated results to actually happen, we need to be engaging our organizations. And we need to be engaging them in new ways. And we need to understand that organizations are very complex. They're filled with many different types of stakeholders with all types of different needs. And the ability to have emotional intelligence and be able to uh, deal with all of these different stakeholders is critical to being able to achieve high performance.
4: Now, where can someone pick up your book?
6: They can go to Amazon.com. That's the fastest way to do it. Uh, Preventing Strategic Gridlock is there. It's available uh, now. It's available on Kindle. So talking about different ways that people receive their information, it's uh, available in hard copy as well as Kindle. And And uh, that's the best way.
4: Okay. And how can people contact you, Pam, after the show, if they want to ask you some questions about the content or about your book?
6: they can uh call me at two oh one six one two one two two eight that's Eastern Time Zone or they can email me at pharper at businessadvance dot com.
4: Now one of the things that um you know Raleigh and I see quite often that um we get questions about quite often uh are kind of what what is coming down the pike. What what do you see as perhaps some of the single most important leadership development issues uh, that people should be aware of coming into 2011.
6: I think in addition to uh, some of the issues that you've talked about with uh, different generations and, and the need to... Uh, increase their emotional intelligence, I also think that it's the need to be sensitive to the fact that our organization consists of more than just employees on the payroll, and not just to think about it uh, intellectually, but to really get in touch with the fact that I am seeing more and more uh, companies that are depending increasingly on alliance partners, outsourced providers, and that they are having a bigger and bigger impact. And so the ability to relate uh, in a um, strong way to people where the only control you have is influence is going to become more and more critical, and these people come at all, in all parts of the world. And so you're dealing with having the ability to relate to people who now are not part of your organization per se inside the walls, but they are also uh, maybe located in um, Thailand.
4: Now, one of the things that you talk about in your book, and I don't know if we've gotten into any detail on it, is this acronym UNLOK, UNLOCK,
6: U-N-L-O-C-K. Do you want to talk a little bit about that some more? Sure. Unlock is an acronym that I came up with. It really is uh, highlighting different uh, guidelines of what I've come to call organizational reality. Uh, But the acronym itself would be ways of tools, really, for uh, coming up with Uh, developing strategies and working with organizations so that you could uh, minimize problems and get even more of the results you want. And uh, there are different aspects to that. I think we uh, spoke, for example, about uh, credible communication, communicating credibly.
4: And uh, can you give us some examples well that, some, an experience that you've had that demonstrates how and, that works.
3: And and Pam does unlock does each each uh initial stand for something?
6: It does. It oh, it does. Um I wasn't sure what kind of time we had to go That's into right. that.
3: Yeah, go ahead. At least I think we should at least hear what unlock means.
6: <laughs> well, sure. It's understanding the full challenge, which is to say that a lot of times uh what I found is that there's been too much reliance on only certain parts of information we were talking about that. And uh, because leaders are usually under pressure, especially the ones that I'm dealing with, are under pressure to uh, make a big splash immediately and get uh, results right away, there's a tendency to overlook the fact that qualitative issues, issues that have to do with the organization, are just as important as, okay, what are we going to do about that next uh, merger? Are we going to go with it or are we not? And there's always, in many of the cases that I've dealt with, there's been a separation between strategy and dealing with the... the organizational issues and bringing those together. And I'm talking about in large organizations, fortune companies, as well as smaller companies. So understanding the full challenge uh, is is the first uh, guideline and uh, understanding that every organization is unique. The second is negotiating the buy-in of key stakeholders. Remember that I also spoke about the fact that I see a trend of uh, understanding that some of your key stakeholders may well be outside of your formal organization. So negotiating buy-in, people are less and less inclined to take uh, orders, as you well know. I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, but negotiating buy-in of key stakeholders, understanding who they are, locating cultural advancers and blockers. In some of the cases that I've dealt with, um, some of the – uh, stories, for example, that are uh, related to the uh, way that the company has grown uh, have not necessarily supported their growth, so looking at what are who are the heroes for example that 's just one example but why are they heroes? What can we do to influence culture in a way where, uh, for example, Kathy, you're talking about happy organizations. Uh, What are some of the things that we can do to increase that? And there may be some uh, small things that we can do. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, um, an enormous transformation. It can be one thing at a time. And Looking at that, O stands for organizing uh, priorities and timelines. So there's a certain amount of doing things that make sense, uh, given what else the organization is going through. C is communicating credibly, and K is to keep adjusting because the business environment is continuing to change. And those are guidelines, and again, there's much more in my book.
3: Well, those are great. I'm sure that kind of helps. You know, especially looking at, uh, I like to negotiate buy-in, locking uh, or locating um, the stakeholders who you said would advance or who would get in the way. kind of reminds me, or the blockers, I guess you call them, um, that John Cotter writes in Leading Change, and, it, and this is always surprising. One well-placed what, resistor or blocker, as you're calling it, can destroy any kind of change initiative. And you know, you get those folks who who in the meeting say yes, and then outside the meeting they say, hey, "I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to just wait and see if this is if this is for true."
6: Well, that that's true. Those those are people that you need to to locate. But also looking at are we doing things inadvertently that may be actually reinforcing some of the very things that we want. Uh, that we don't want to happen. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in the case of the company that I was talking about early on, um, one of the things that uh, they discovered was that they were actually giving messages, although the company was having its best year ever, uh, they were actually sending messages inadvertently through a lot of the programs that they had that the company was not doing well. People thought the company was going under. Hmm. And so understanding and dealing with some of these issues uh, was an important thing for them to to do.
3: Well, one of the things that, that I imagine this, that you're highlighting right now, is around the communication. It sounds like in the uh, chapter that you have, Defining the unlock you talk about that leaders need to increase their ability to communicate credibly and and uh, I think what you just said kind of alluded to that, but how can we do you know how can leaders do that? What would we say to them given I think there's always a constraint that sometimes you can 't really share everything um, you know whether it 's due diligence or what you are going to share is really negative so i 'm sure that's that 's a challenge so so what are leaders to do if let's say if the information is, is negative, or they can't share it?
6: I think to the extent that they can share uh, certain things that are going on. They can say, for instance, uh, what they can share, and they can talk about when they will be able to share more information. But I think that what leaders need to be aware of, and what I've seen, is that people will fill in the spaces between what they see and what they want to believe. So credibility comes from uh, the perceiver. (laughs) And so it's very important to be as transparent as possible. I mean, in conversations that I have with fellow board members, of course, transparency is very important in companies. It's not to give away confidential information. It's not to say that... uh, we are going to tell our secrets, but more to say, this is what's happening. Uh, you will hear from us uh, again in two weeks. Uh, whatever you can share is is to share. Sometimes, sometimes you can't share everything. It's a it's a difficult situation, admittedly. You know, I I, I know
4: that we've been speaking um, at a very high level, and we're gonna. I guess go to a quick break, but um, I'd love to come back and talk about some examples of how this application of your work, Pam, can be used by middle-level people on their way up and perhaps some examples uh, of how some very young, smart people are learning to do this incredibly well uh, given the the brain drain that we're facing with many of these um, Baby boomers leaving uh, our corporate environment. So, this is leadership development news.
3: Come right back. Now, you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android
2: at the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market. up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 the experts are here voice america business network you're listening to leadership development news profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts dr kathy greenberg and relly nadler we know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today
3: we're talking with Pam Harper, and she's written a book, Preventing Strategic Gridlock. And uh, during the break, we were saying, to, we we're looking... At for some of our listeners, let's say um, we're trying to zero in on who may be listening, what do they want to hear, and let's say it's a younger person who is managing an older person and maybe using some of your strategic um, strategies in regards to how, how would they get through the gridlock. So Let's say you've got a younger person you know, who is a Gen X and, and maybe managing a uh, baby boomer.
6: Okay, well first of all, uh, that is a very common situation, I agree. And, uh, in a case like that, uh, you would, uh, start with first of all understanding if you've got somebody that you want to encourage to grow in a certain direction and they don't seem to be able to do that, uh, is to understand. That person as well, for where they're coming from. What's influencing? It's very easy to make the assumption, for instance, uh, you know, old dogs don't learn new tricks or, uh, you know, they're always going to be this way. But there, I find that when there's something going on with an older worker, uh, the first thing is to understand their perspective what 's going on what might they what might their situation be so understanding the full challenge um, before making any judgments about what to do uh, once you 've identified what it is as again as that younger manager would be to uh, negotiate their buy in in other words, looking at it from what's in it for them to do what you want them to do? Uh, so, for instance, um, I recall one situation where somebody was very resistant to using uh, a particular computer and what they needed to uh get uh, in the mindset of is that that computer and using that computer was going to enable them to move to some other responsibilities and accountabilities that they really wanted. So what's in it for me to do what uh, you want me to do? So negotiating buy-in and understanding as well what might be uh, the challenge. Perhaps that person does not have the skill set. Maybe they need something uh, in terms of training or coaching. In order to be able to do something differently or better. Uh, then it would be also looking at some of the cultural elements. So what in your culture, uh, could be, uh, could advance them in terms of, or could advance the, uh, the situation of the person doing something differently, say learning new computer skills. Uh, what is it that, uh, would exist in the culture. So perhaps people get rewarded when they learn more skills, and you might be looking at how could you adjust some of the things that are there, or are there policies or procedures that you could adjust that would enable them to uh, deal with their situation. Then looking at how could I organize uh this situation so that these people, or this person rather, would then be able to do what it is that you're asking them to do. For instance, learning new skills would take time. And perhaps if you're asking for something to happen quickly, they may not be able to make it happen right on the dime. So in terms of if you're asking somebody to do something differently, giving them a chance to uh, learn it and uh, practice with it at a time when they're not under the gun to produce immediate results. Communicating credibly with them. Uh, how are you going to demonstrate that you actually care about their development. So they have to perceive that you are sincere. That person has to perceive that you are sincere in terms of developing them and uh, what is it that you're saying or doing that uh, they're going to perceive. And then finally, coming up with a, a time frame for checking in on results. So not letting it go too long, checking back, saying let's see what's happening in, say, three weeks when you've gone through your training, and coaching them and saying uh, let's look at different checkpoints for how we're going to evaluate progress. So in other words, encouraging them. And that would be on a, very, um, on a basic level how you might apply this, and people have done that.
3: Okay, well, that's that's good. Um, and especially that's a, the dilemma that for a lot of uh, a lot of the Gen Xers, you know, trying to um, deal with someone like that. So it sounds like a lot of it is taking some of the principles and really sitting down, understanding what what their concerns are, having having one on ones, having conversations, trying to get to know who they are as as a person. Um, really is going to help around, especially around negotiating buy in and, and other aspects like that.
6: Absolutely, absolutely. So what it boils down to is, uh, you can't have a one size fits all. You can't make assumptions about who you're dealing with, and uh, it's it's surprising what kinds of collaboration you can pull together.
3: Okay, and so if you had, to, especially talking about credibility, you know, what's the single most message that you'd want to get across, you know, to our listeners today about how could they increase the credibility of their communication?
6: Credibility is in the eye of the perceiver. It's, it's really it's the perceiver who uh, determines credibility. And to remember that communication happens whether you intend for it to be, and whether you're shaping it or not. So the more that what you are doing matches what you are saying and vice versa, the more effective you will be, the more credible you will be to others.
4: It's, you know small things add up as we say right. Micro initiatives equal right. macro impacts, and um, you know to me this is a key part of emotional intelligence and cross gender happiness in environments where challenges facing new leaders, uh, leaders who have seen everything, done everything, and heard it all, still need to be reminded that their ability to influence others to make something successful is dependent on their ability to communicate credibly across all generations and across all levels of experience. So, Pam, this has been incredibly
3: helpful.
6: Thank you. My pleasure.
3: Well, thank you, Pam. And as we bring this to a close, we want to just re- remind you, if you want some more information, you know about some of the training that, that we're going to have available for you at Excel Institute, combination of in-person, uh coaching, laser coaching, um, web seminars, and then ongoing uh, distance learning, one way to get a hold of some of that information is excelinstitute.com or Kathy's website, www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services, or my website, www.truenorthleadership.com for some free assessments about some of the things that we're talking about uh, today. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening, and, and tune in again for Leadership Development News. Tune in and tune up your leadership performance for the new you in 2011.
2: You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers, with your hosts Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.